This is a Healthier Michigan podcast, episode 105. Coming up, we discuss what steps we should be taking right now to get our garden started for the season. Welcome to a Healthier Michigan podcast. It's a podcast dedicated to navigating how we can improve our health and well-being through small healthy habits we can start implementing right now. I'm your host, Chuck Gatica. Every other week, we'll sit down with a certified expert to discuss topics that cover nutrition, fitness, and a lot more. And today, there's a lot more to this episode. We're diving deeper into what we need to get our garden ready for spring. With us is the president of the Master Gardeners Association of Northwest Michigan, Sue Hudnut. Good to have you back. Thank you. Yeah, it's nice to talk to you. And you know, you've got a, such an interesting story about coming out of corporate America and then you leave there. And I know you were in downtown Detroit with Lafayette Gardens as an urban gardener and helping out there. And now you are in northern Michigan, Leelanau, right? And you've got, what, 11 acres with you and your husband tending to your own gardens. That's right. I retired in 2020, and so did my husband, and we bought our little farmstead up here. Awesome. And we just love it. It's beautiful. Of course, we're in mud season right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, hope springs eternal, so we're all looking forward to warmer weather, you know, coming sooner than later. So now is the perfect time, I guess, for us to start thinking about our gardens and what order we should plant things, what those things should be. And I know that, you know, vegetable gardens have a unique difference from flower gardens. Talk about that, would you? Well, you know, if you're planting vegetables versus flowers, there's maybe certain things that you want to do a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. One of the things here in Michigan is we do have a shorter season and we do have to be mindful of the winter season coming to an end and spring coming and when we're going to plant things. And we don't want to plant things too early because we have, you know, frost. <laughs> yeah. Which in Michigan, you know, it could be snowing in April and then the ne very next day it's 70 degrees out. Right. So a lot of times we might want to jump the gun a little bit. So when we're thinking about growing flowers and vegetables, we want to be mindful of when our frost season ends in Michigan, and that happens to be at the end of May. So we really want to be starting to think about how we're going to clean up our gardens right now. And I think one of the things that you want to do is kind of clean up all your old plants that are out there and get your soil ready and Think about your tools. And a lot of things that I like to do is plan. <laughs> so you want to plan what you're going to plant and, and what do you want to plant? In a vegetable garden, there's, you know, so many things you can start with. I think if you're a beginner gardener, maybe you want to start out with a little bit easier types of plants to grow and maybe not start them from seeds, but you want to buy them you know, the little plants that come in the little plastic pots from a nursery, that would be the best way to go. So you mean not to use seeds to get stressed out about when to plant and if they got over water? Actually start with a plant, a seedling, right? Yeah, what? no, you know, the little plants that come in the little plastic pots that you buy yeah. at the nursery. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the easiest way to start things. Then you don't have to worry about starting seeds and everything like that. If you are a more experienced gardener and you have room in your house, to 
you know, set up lights and a heat pad and, you know, start all your seeds indoors because it's so cold here in Michigan in May, you know, in April and May, a lot of those tomato plants and pepper plants, those are all started in greenhouses. So you want to plant the plants in the end of May, but if you started them from seed, you probably wouldn't be harvesting tomatoes until about November. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot, as you say, you you may need equipment. You may, you know, you have to talk to your plants. I don't know. It just seems like a whole <laughs> lot of stuff to do, right? Oh, <laughs> Hello, sure. everybody. I, well, you know, like let's say you want to start a garden. One of the first things you're going to want to know about is where am I going to put that garden? And you're going to think about like real estate, location, location, location. I need to have my garden in a place that gets at least eight to 12 hours of sunshine a day. You know, vegetables have to have sunshine or, you know, you're just not going to get a whole lot of fruit on your plants. So that's probably the first thing you want to think about is where is my garden going to go? If I don't have a big plot of land, like, hey, I'm on 11 acres, I've got land, maybe you're in an apartment, you can plant in pots. Or maybe you have a small yard and you want to just build a raised bed. Those are all perfect things to do, but you got to make sure that you have sunshine. And it seems like another step in this is going to be considering, and that's why I love you talking about making a plan. How much stuff do you want? Like how many tomato bushes are you going to plant? Because I know from my own experience and from my own families, it's kind of nice to get all that free produce when it all comes along because somebody in the family has got a zillion tomatoes. But, you know, part of the plan can include, is this the harvest you were expecting? right? Do you want all that stuff? Yeah. Absolutely. I think I planted 25 tomato plants last year. And, you know, I'm still eating tomatoes from my plants last year. I I have a big freezer that I froze everything in. But, you know, if it's just you and say you have a family of four, you know, two or three tomato plants would be plenty. Yeah. You know, and if you live in an apartment and it's just you and maybe your partner, and you just have two pots and you buy two patio tomatoes, that would be fine too. I think part of the joy of gardening is getting your hands in the dirt and planting your plants and then, you know, watching them grow throughout the summer. Well, sure. And and there is that part of this that, you know, we're talking about some technical stuff, you know, about planting and then the enjoyment, of course, you're going to get. But there are a lot of other ancillary benefits to getting out in a garden. I mean, goodness knows with all the, the amount of time a lot of us have been cooped up, just getting out has a great upside, right? Absolutely. I think For me, being outside every day is just, that's just something I crave. And I, you know, I really think being outdoors, smelling the fresh air, getting your hands in the dirt, it's just, it's just really great for the soul. You know, it's funny when I'm gardening, and in my case, I'm talking more about, you know, lawn care and beds and flowers. It's amazing to me how many steps. You know, I check at the end of the day and it's like, wait, wait, how did I get 13,000 steps today? Oh, I had to carry the bark mulch from the back of the truck. And I, you know, and so you're the other upside is you are getting a lot of exercise. I know I do because I count my steps, too. And during the the summer season, yeah, I definitely get in over my 10,000 steps every day. And just being outside, you know. I'm outside now with my dog. I got a dog, which I have never had, which also (laughs) is a great way to get in a lot of steps. But 
Yeah, just being outside, outside in the fresh air. And then growing your food. There's nothing like being able to harvest your food and then cooking your food. That's, for me, the real magic of gardening. Well, there is a certain level of accomplishment, I guess is a good word to put it, that you sit down. It, it used to hit me. I grew up with a, a grandfather who was a gardener for his whole life growing up, and I knew him, of course, later in his life. But it, it was always fascinating to me that he continued to grow everything. To him, the radish that he was about to eat with a little salt sprinkle on it, it was like, you know, to me, it was like chocolate. I'm looking at him as a kid, and I asked him one time, I said, why is that so important? I grew it. I grew that. I grew those tomatoes. And there is there is this sense that, like, I've really done something here that's important to me. That's right. And, you know, the lonely radish, that's one of the easiest vegetables to grow. Is it? Yeah. And there again, what we were talking about with tomatoes and buying seeds and stuff like that, you know, there is a lot to gardening. And, you know, do I buy seeds? Do I buy plants? And different plants have different needs. So you do have to do a little bit of reading and a little bit of experimentation. One of the things that I like to do is I like to keep a plant diary. So I like to write down what's going on with my garden. And if you don't like to write, if you have a smartphone and you can take pictures, I like to also take pictures of, you know, like weekly what's going on with your plants. That way you can always go back the next year, you know, to see, like, when did I do that? Oh, that's interesting. Go back and look at your photos and say, oh, yeah, I can plant those radishes over there. And going back to radishes, too, you can plant a radish seed and have a radish fully formed, ready to pluck out of the soil in 30 days. Wow. That's just one of the fastest growing, you know, vegetables you can do. So it literally does grow like a weed. <laughs> literally. Yeah. So this idea of, of documenting, I find that fascinating because it's sort it's like your own health. You're creating benchmarks. Like, well, what, what if stuff starts wilting? You know, when you took your picture, you could say, well, you know, I, maybe now I'm looking back at last year. Yeah, I was overwatering. I mean, it, it does give you some guidance what to do in the future, too, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. When I worked at Lafayette Greens and took care of the gardens there, too, I always went back and looked at my photographs to see, oh, yeah, that was over there. <laughs> So that is one good way to kind of make a plan, look back on what you did last year, what you want to do this year. Also, I do want to point out that MSU has a smart gardening series that's available to anybody. You can just Google MSU smart gardening and they have a whole series on gardening with videos and tips and notes, and you can learn about pollinators and soil. And, you know, it's a really great series to dial into. And also, if you're on social media at all, there's tons of gardening groups out there that you can join where everybody's crowdsourcing answers. And it's just a real big community out there where you can also learn. Because really, gardening is a journey. Well, sure. Yeah. And you're waiting for the ta-da moments, you know, for so many different kinds of plants. So let's focus on basics for a minute. You've talked about, you know, seedlings are good. You've talked about sunshine. Obviously, there's watering. Is there any rule of thumb like there would be for a lawn? You know, like I've always heard an inch of water a week, but what about a garden? What about your vegetables? And that's exactly true, too. MSU recommends one inch of water a week. But that's if you have, you know, a garden that's 
out in your yard, you know, it's just a garden plot. If you are gardening with pots or if you're gardening with a raised bed, it's going to be a little bit different. If you're gardening in pots, you basically have to water every day. So your biggest tool are your eyes. Yeah. You do have to put some time and commitment into it. So, you you know, you have to pay attention to what's going on. And if you're going to go on vacation for two weeks, you probably should find a neighbor that's going to help water. Because watering is one of the biggest things for a gardener. And what about soil quality and or fertilizer? And I, I don't mean synthetic stuff. You don't want to eat that. But what? where do you come down on adding anything outside of natural compost, et cetera, to soil? Well, again, if you have a garden that's out in your yard that's, you know, it's not a raised bed or not a pot, you're going to want to be amending that soil all the time. And one of the first pieces of advice that I would give anybody is to get your soil tested. And you can get your soil tested through MSU. They make it very easy. You just go to their website and I think you have to pay a fee. It's like 20 bucks and they send you an envelope and you just dig up some of your soil. You put it in the envelope and you send it back to them and then they send you a report on basically the health of your soil. And then they give recommendations on what you would need. Wow. That sounds really cool. Yeah, it is. It is. But if you were gardening in pots or in a raised bed, you probably bought soil, especially your pots. You're, you're putting new soil in every year. Mm-hmm. And in your raised bed, you probably put new soil in too that you bought that does have a lot of nutrients in it. My, my other piece of advice would be to buy a good organic vegetable fertilizer that you're going to use throughout the summer. And I would say, make sure you read the directions on the back on, you know, how much to use. But there's many good organic products out there that you can purchase to keep your soil healthy like that. I also like to keep a little compost pile out. You know, I've got several, I've got several of them at my house. And that's where I, you know, throw dead plants all my food scraps go in my compost, leaves, everything like that. And then, you know, it just sits there and it cooks up. And, you know, every year you can lay that down and they call it side dressing your plants. And you just kind of lay that down there and everything kind of just goes back into the earth. And you you really want to, you know, encourage that. Well, and you know, when you talk about a plan, the plan, what you just mentioned about having a compost pile takes you back to the beginning where you talked about prepping the beds, cleaning up leaves takes me back to last fall. So, I mean, if you're looking ahead, doing some of those things and creating the compost pile, the payoff is going to come next spring in many cases, right? But that's pretty nice to think about. Well, absolutely. And, you know, we are here in spring and we're talking about getting our gardens ready. Probably the best advice is to be getting your garden ready last fall. You know, cleaning up your beds, putting leaves down on your beds, mulching, cleaning up leaf litter, stuff like that. You get a lot done in the fall because, again, in Michigan, we go from, you know, freezing cold to really nice weather and we've got to get out there and then there's all the stuff we got to do. So you know that there are a lot of people that could be listening right now who would say, I mean, I just don't have a green thumb. I mean, even a philodendron, which is hard to kill with turpentine, you know, I just can't do it and nothing seems to live. How can you encourage all of us that, I guess there is a difference between indoor and outdoor anyway, but how do you encourage those people who say, I've tried, I failed? Well, you got to go back to the basics. 
Do you have sun? Do you have good soil? Are you watering it? Those are the first three things. And then, you know, are you overwatering it? Are you underwatering it? Are you trying things that are maybe too hard to grow? Like I would not encourage anyone who's a brand new gardener to grow celery or broccoli or cauliflower. There, there are vegetables that are hard to grow that take a little skill. So like we talked about radishes, like those are really easy to grow. And if you buy, again, little plants from the nursery, tomato plants, pepper plants, hot pepper plants are really easy to grow. And I don't know why I even have problems growing sweet peppers. They just never get big for me. But hot peppers, I can grow all day long. There are certain things that are easier than others. And there are some that look so different. You know, if you plant a pumpkin, if you planted a tomato, but you know, my brother's got, I probably mentioned it to you last time, he's got like five acres up near Cadillac and he's done everything from green beans and he's got blueberry bushes. But you know, when you get to that level where you're now having to cover it with a net because birds swoop in, I mean, there is a little work, thought and homework that goes into some of this stuff beyond just let's plant a tomato bush and then, you know, we've got salsa for the next 20 years. Right. Sure. And that's why, you know, you, you need to make a plan and that's why it's good to document what happened last year. Like ugh, there's a saying about, you know, all garden failures turn into successes, something like that, because, you know, it's not something you're going to do once and be over with. There's always next spring, next spring, next spring. And I think it's like anything, you know, it takes practice. Well, you're going out there, you're getting fresh air, you're getting exercise. We know that you're likely reducing stress, right? You can probably count that your blood pressure is going to come down, which is another benefit. And to be honest, whether you're keeping all the produce for yourself, giving it away to a food pantry or sharing it with friends and neighbors and relatives, you are saving money. I mean, think of the stuff you can do with it. You can can it, you can keep it, just eat it fresh, whatever you care to do, right? Yeah, I do that too. I'm a big canner. I love to make salsas. I pickle beets. I pickle jalapenos and I love to cook. And I, I think there's nothing greater. There's no greater satisfaction than bringing in a big basket full of produce and you got your own farm to table. Yeah. My wife, Susan, went shopping the other day for dill pickles. We've got our favorite brand and she came home with this fresher version, you know, and I open it up and they taste awesome. And I'm looking at them thinking, those could be my cucumbers with fresh garlic floating around in there with real dill. I mean, it doesn't have to be so complicated that you freak out and say, oh, I can't do that. I looked at them and I said, oh, I could do that. <laughs> I could really. Absolutely. Cucumbers or dill pickles are like the easiest things in the world to do. Cucumbers are one of those easy plants to grow. Yeah. Throw a couple seeds in the ground. And if you have a trellis, those things go like crazy. By July, you've got cucumbers and all you need is a little vinegar, salt, dill and garlic. You throw them in there and within two weeks, you've got pickles. So let's do this real quick. Give me, I don't know if you want to give me 10, 12 items. If we were just going to start a garden, we're, we're willing to make a plan. We're not total beginners. What would you say would be the kinds of vegetables we should plant this year as we head towards spring that would give us a unique and maybe varied bounty that we'd be really pleased with? What would those things be? I would say tomatoes for sure, mm -hmm. cucumbers, leaf lettuce, which we didn't really talk about, but leaf lettuce is really easy to grow. What's hard to grow is like a head lettuce. 
But leaf lettuce, very easy to grow. Carrots, any kind of peppers, eggplant, green beans, pea pods, you know, like spring peas. Watermelon is pretty easy too, isn't it? You know, I've never grown watermelon, but you need a lot of space for melons. Yeah, you do. You do. It's kind of like a pumpkin patch. You do. Mm -hmm. You need a lot of space. I would also grow a couple of basil plants and parsley. I like to intersperse a lot of herbs within all my plants. And those are pretty easy, like dill too, to just throw seeds in and just wait for those to pop up. When you plant, do you put the little sticks with signs on there so you know what's coming up, especially for those of us who are not master gardeners? Like I would know that that's dill because I'm not sure I would know it, you know. I do until the plants get big enough and then I do take them out. Yeah. Only because they're plastic usually and, you know, plastic just kind of, I hate digging in the garden and digging up those plastic tabs that you see. So, but yeah, I mean, you kind of got to want, you know, you want to know what you planted and you want to make sure it's coming up where you planted it. So yeah, I keep those little tabs. So one of the other issues I know that comes up from time to time are going to be pests, right? They can be as small as a ladybug to could be the deer that you love to see in the morning. And then you realize they just ate a bunch of your stuff. So what are we able to keep an eye out for that is in the garden that whether we can see it with our own eye or some of these little green buggers, we don't even know they're there until it's too late. What should we be watching for? You should be looking at your plants to see if things look funny, like there's missing leaves or there's holes in the leaves. Mm -hmm. Because tomatoes are one of our favorite things to grow, there is the tomato hornworm that is notorious. And I don't know where they come from. They just show up. So it's one of the things that I like to do. And maybe you don't have time to do it every day, but I like to take a turn in the garden. Every morning, I like to just kind of walk up and down my rows and just check things out. And you want to look for leaves being eaten or holes in leaves or moldy leaves. So, you know, you want to be observant of what's going on out there. There's also beneficial insects out there, too. So, you know, we like ladybugs. We like praying mantis, you know, things that are going to eat other bugs. Right, right. So a ladybug would go after what, aphids? Yeah, they go after aphids. And praying mantis go after all sorts of things. Being up north that we are up here, I've seen way more pests than I've ever seen living in Detroit. Really? (laughs) Yeah. We had an invasion last year of a bug called a rose chafer. Never heard of it. Neither had I. They look like little Japanese beetles, but they come out for two weeks in the very beginning of June, and they are just, they just invaded my garden. (laughs) Oh, so they eat everything? Everything. Oh my gosh. I was devastated. The only way to kill them, because birds won't eat them because they're toxic, is to pick them off the plant and throw them in a bucket of soapy water. And that's one thing that you can do is also go out in your garden and take a look. And if you do see, you know, some weird looking bugs, you can Google number one what they are because you don't want to kill beneficial insects. But go out there with a bucket of soapy water and just pick them off and put them in that water. That'll kill them. And aren't there some good soaps that you can spray on certain plants? I mean, I know you have to do a little homework again, but you don't want to be getting into all kinds of pesticides when you're trying to eat this stuff. Right. And I do not recommend pesticides. And that's why picking them off with your hands, 
I mean, organic gardening, you wonder why the price is so high. And it, there's a lot more work involved. But you got to pick those guys off and, you know, just stay on top of it. Well, listen, as we wrap this up, give us of all the things we've talked about, and I don't know if you want to step us through from beginning to end as we get into spring here now, talk about the takeaway for the audience. Encourage all of us that we can really do this, but give us a few points again. Go over what you talked from planning on up. Well, you know, the three most important things, sun, soil, and water. You want to make sure that you have a good understanding of that. A written plan, or, you know, in your head at least, what do I want to plant? What am I going to plant? And then mulching, having a compost pile, and having time and commitment to give to it. And I think one way to get really excited about vegetables is if you're walking in the grocery store and you see, ah, oh, my green zucchini. They're so boring. That's all I see all the time. <laughs> and then you can order, and they're usually free from all the different seed companies. And I'll say Baker Airline Seeds, Johnny's Organic Seeds, and there's a bunch of other ones out there. But if you go to their websites and sign up, they'll send you a free catalog. And the catalogs are just filled with the different kinds of vegetables, different varieties that you can grow. And it just so, that gets you really jazzed up. Well, my sister and brother-in-law, they're in Livonia. And, and, you know, I want to encourage everybody, if you're in an urban setting, do not make the assumption that there's nowhere for you to go. And I mean, whether it's in the, a big city or if you're in the suburbs, because in Livonia, there's a shared garden area where as a resident, you can get a plot. It's very inexpensive. But they started growing heirloom tomatoes. Oh my gosh, a real difference in taste and flavor. Really great stuff. Absolutely. And there's just so many different varieties that we don't see in the grocery store. We just don't see it. You got to go either to the farmer's market or do it yourself. And I, I think doing it yourself is just, boy, I get real jazzed up on that. Well, we're so glad you are, and we can't thank you enough for being with us. Lots of good stuff as we uh, kick into spring, and we hope your garden... Watch that pest. What is it again? It's a rose shaper. It sounds so pretty, though. I mean, it sounds like it would be your buddy. They aren't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, Sue Hudnut has been with us. She's president of the Master Gardeners Association of Northwest Michigan. Sue, good to talk to you. Thank you so much. Great talking to you, Chuck. Thank you. Hey, we want to thank you, too, for listening to a Healthier Michigan podcast brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. If you like our show, you want to know more, check us out at a healthiermichigan.org slash podcast. Or you can leave us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. And to get new episodes, old episodes on your smartphone or tablet, be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget, uh, if you have a lot of produce this season, we're all here waiting. We're all your friends. I'm Chuck Gatica. Be well. <laughs>